May mercy and grace and peace be yours from God our Father, through his Son, his only Son, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. So, says the Texan father to his eight-year-old son, I heard you talking to the new boy down the street. Yes, sir, replies the son. And did I hear you asking him what state he was from? Yes, I did, nods his boy. Now, son, the father says, if he's not from Texas, you don't want to embarrass him. And if he's from Texas, he'll certainly tell you. What do you boast about? Your children, your grandchildren, your school, your salary, your new car, your skills at pickleball? What do you boast about? That primo barbecue drill that, grill that you're going to fire up tomorrow? Your extensive bottle cap collection? Your favorite team? Your favorite rider in Le Tour de France? What do you boast about? That our country's U-20 men's soccer team defeated Honduras on Friday night in the CONCACAF semifinals, meaning that we've guaranteed a spot in the Paris Olympics in 2024. There are some people who are not boasting on this Independence Day weekend about living in these United States of America. That's a different subject for a different setting. But the Apostle Paul boasted in today's epistle in Galatians 6. May the Holy Spirit give us attentive ears and expectant hearts to ponder this word of God that we might learn and discover and rejoice when and how we are to boast. People God dearly loves. If anyone had a right to boast, it was the Apostle Paul. In the first chapter of this letter, this letter to the church in Galatia, he is bold to say that the gospel he preaches was received through a direct revelation from Jesus Christ. He follows that up by reminding them of his former life when he was named Saul, his devotion to being the very best Jew possible. I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But I have to borrow from his letter to the Philippians, where he's even more specific in his boasting. He could have claimed confidence in the flesh. That's his phrase. Because he could be certain that God would count to his credit his great spiritual pedigree. And here's his list circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. So let's compare Paul to original 12 disciples. He didn't scoff as Nathaniel did, He didn't ask for the seat of honor as James and John did. He didn't betray as Judas did. He didn't run from the cross as the other disciples did. He didn't deny as Peter did. He didn't doubt as Thomas did. And I'll add this to compare him to the disciple who stands in this pulpit, 
Paul didn't whine and waste time and wonder if it's all worth his heroic and taken-for-granted efforts, as I often do. Paul could boast about his lineage, his background, his upbringing, his training, his zealousness, his faithfulness, his sufferings, his successes. But he boasted only in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here again is what he wrote, this in the Philippians, Philippians chapter 3. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Rubbish. Garbage. Trash, refuse, whatever term you use, it's worse than worthless. That truth leads to these strong words from today's epistle. Far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. As you listen to this next point, I want you to know that I'm really speaking to myself. Paul's assertion is not, may I always remember to boast in the cross after I boast about my wonderful teaching, my outstanding preaching, my, per- my perfect VBS puppet skits, my superb organizational skills, and my exemplary lifestyle. No. Paul told the Galatians nearly 2,000 years ago what we all need to hear today. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Check, remember the context of Galatians 6, to see that this is the heart of the gospel. It's not what we do. That would be those of us who think we are something deceiving ourselves. But rather, it's what God in Christ does for us. It's not our striving our attempts to do some God-pleasing work, that would be Oprah asking, aren't you a religious person? It's grace. It's gift. It's good news. It's good news because of the law. We boast, but we boast about the wrong things. We boast about ourselves rarely allowed but often in our hearts. We boast about what we do or try to do to convince God to possibly love us. We boast about what we do or try to do to make God love us and to keep him doing so. We boast about what we do or try to do to prove to others that God loves us. That's easy boasting, but it's a lie. It's easy to boast about what we do. It's easy to boast about what others might notice, about what we think makes God pay attention. But it's all a lie. Or we brazenly boast that we've moved beyond the cross, that we're ready for more complicated theology, not something so simple, that we're ready for some more sophisticated spirituality, not a baby in a common manger and a naked and bloody man nailed to a post and a beam. 
Then comes the hard part, the truth of confessing our sins. We're going to use Paul as the model once more, but it begins here when he speaks, when he writes to the Corinthians in chapter 15 of his first letter. Paul stated these truths as of first importance, that Jesus died, was buried, was raised, and then appeared. He appeared to Mary Magdalene and Peter on resurrection morning, to two disciples walking to Emmaus on resurrection afternoon, and to ten of the disciples, not Judas, not Thomas, on resurrection evening. But then Paul writes, last of all, as to one untimely or illegitimately born, Christ Jesus appeared also to me, for I am am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle. This boast is topped by what Paul writes to Timothy, confessing his sinfulness. This is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. This is our honest and humble boast. I have sinned. I have failed. I have run away like an angry son. I have strayed like a foolish sheep. I have denied like a scared disciple. I have doubted like an unseeing disciple. I am unworthy. I stand right next to Paul as chief of sinners. Then it's time to make the boast of Galatians 6, your own, my own, our own. May I never boast except in the cross. The church makes this boast, this unexpected but necessary boast, pointing to and trusting in a cruel cross, a painful death, a complete sacrifice, a final payment. This is the good news of a Savior who suffered and died to pay the price for every sin, for every arrogant boast, for every feeble failure to care and serve and witness. This is the good news, that guilt's boast is canceled, that Satan's boast are emptied, and that death's boast is overthrown. May I never boast except in the cross of Jesus Christ. That cross marked on our foreheads and on our hearts when we are baptized, which means that we can rejoice as Paul, as Jesus ended by saying to the disciples, because our names are written in heaven. Now, those of you who have been at Crown of Life something around 15 years or more, know that I used to often say that I was hopeful that some really big gust of wind would blow on this hillside just strong enough, just gusty enough to take off that wimpy Protestant spire that used to sit up on that roof. Well, it happened. There was no tornado. But way back in 2006, there was a construction project and a talented architect, and we put up a different cross out in the entrance plaza. 
Now we can say, Crown of Life, Lutheran Church, let me tell you where it is, just west of Stone Oak Parkway, up the hill. You'll see a faded brownish brick building and a somewhat faded green stucco building